0: This is your opportunity to create something new, to be challenged. And if you can like hold that feeling and say, okay, well, maybe this is the path and maybe it'll ultimately be better. Again, not easy to hold when everything's falling apart, but that's what it takes sometimes.
1: This is Women Who Build Empires, a podcast celebrating women entrepreneurs and thought leaders who are turning the tables on outdated old school belief systems and building business empires that align with who they are, how they work, and how they are leaving a lasting legacy. And I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner, serial entrepreneur, investor, and business consultant for ambitious women entrepreneurs who are boldly taking their business to the next level. In each episode, you're going to get to know the women who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of how both success and failure have helped them become incredible CEOs. Happy 2023. I cannot believe that we're already a couple of days in, and I hope you had wonderful holidays. I hope you're prepared for an incredible year. For me, it always feels like it goes by too fast, so I'm renewing my commitment to being present in every moment as much as possible, and I'm really excited about the direction that we're going with the podcast. So if you're new to the show, this is the first episode of Women Who Build Empires. We just transitioned out of tribe of leaders. And the reason why is because I wanted to align the name and the branding with the stories that I want to tell and being able to showcase some of the incredible female founders and thought leaders who are taking on business and solving problems in a divinely feminine way and completely kicking butt. So with that, to kick this off, we have Brittany Fuse, who is the CEO and founder of Malibu Milk, a sustainable allergen-free alternative milk made completely out of flaxseed. Loved my conversation with Brittany. And she takes us through how she started the business and why, which was a function of trying to get pregnant and having to eliminate a lot of different things out of her diet to taking an idea that she didn't think would take off as quickly as it did and a magic meeting with Whole Foods to having to scramble to be in mass production and figure out manufacturing and how to balance growth and being a mom and being healthy all at the same time. We talked a little bit about some of the things you can do too, not only from a health perspective, but things that you can do to be more sustainable in your life. Hey, Brittany, I am so excited to have you on show today, mostly because eating healthy and healthy living is near and dear to my heart. I started this business as a health coach before realizing that my really most effective way to serve my people was in business and using all of the different experiences that I've had. But healthy eating still so important. And I'm really curious, just share with us a little bit about your journey and starting your company and kind of your why you wanted to make such a difference.
0: Yeah. So I was trying to get pregnant and I've always been pretty health conscious and, you know, I hoped that getting pregnant would be easy. It was not. And I went to see a fertility doctor and she recommended that I go on an autoimmune protocol or an elimination diet. And I was shocked because, again, I've always been a really healthy eater. So when she said, oh, we should you know, look at your diet, I'm thinking, what do you mean? And when I went on this elimination protocol, I had to eliminate all major allergens. So dairy, nuts, gluten, soy, eggs. And when you eliminate dairy, nuts, and soy, you wiped out the plant milk aisle, the cow's milk aisle, soy milk, I, you've wiped out pretty much all milks that there are. So I was really frustrated looking for an alternative. And I kind of had this light bulb moment and I thought, what if I make milk from flaxseed? I've always loved flaxseed. It's a great source of fiber, of omega-3s, mm-hmm. of protein. And you know, growing up in Malibu, we would buy it in bags and add it to smoothies or oatmeal. And I went home that day and I pulled out my blender and I started playing with a few really simple ingredients, the whole ground flaxseed, water, Himalayan salt. And I was getting this incredibly milky drink. And I thought, wow, you know, maybe this could become something. And I had gone to culinary school, so I have a pretty good palate and I know how to cook. And I sent a survey out to everybody that I know. I have friends in, you know, back East and friends in California. And I realized that there were a ton of people who are Unhappy with the current plant based milk options today. So at that point, I did what any aspiring entrepreneur would do. And I reached out to Whole Foods to pitch them on this idea. <laughs> and I figured it would take six months to get a meeting. And in the meantime, I get all my ducks in a row. And to my delight and surprise, the buyer responded and said, Yes, I'd love to hear more about this. Can you come in next week? And so I panicked because I had no product. I had little samples from my kitchen. I had Mock packaging done at this graphic design place. And I called a friend and I said, You know, I don't think I can do this. I'm not ready. I don't know anything about beverage or consumer packaged products. And he said, You can't cancel on Whole Foods. You might not get that chance again. So I went in with little samples from my kitchen and she said, I'd love to bring this into grocery stores. And so it was a really terrifying and exciting moment. But ultimately it worked out because I got to go into my first manufacturing run. Knowing that Whole Foods was going to be a customer.
1: Yeah. And I want to back up because there's so many layers there that you just shared in like two minutes. And at what point when you were doing the elimination diet, like most people would might not, well, most people would definitely not be like, oh, let me start a business to fill this need that I just figured out. Right. Most people would just be like, oh, well, I won't drink milk. Right. Like I won't do that. And they'll suffer through that and complain. And so what was it for you that,
0: was the catalyst in I'm going to actually solve the problem? It was the beginning of the oat milk craze. And my husband was like, well, you can drink oat milk. And when I dug and looked at what oat milk is, I said, I'm not drinking this. This is garbage. This is oil. This is sugar. This is Mm -hmm. carbohydrate. There is nothing in this product that makes me want to consume it, especially when I'm trying to be at my optimum health and I'm trying to get pregnant. And I thought, what a joke that this product is having this explosive moment in terms of, you know, publicity and everything. Right. And I thought there's gotta be a better way. You know, I grew up drinking cow's milk. I would have a big tall glass of cow's milk with every meal. We thought it was good for us. Granted, it probably was better in, 19, in the 1980s than it is now because now these cows are pumped with hormones and antibiotics and all of these crazy things. But I wanted a milk that you could consume that would actually add to your health. I mean, you said you don't really drink milk. Mm-hmm. I guess that that's because you don't really need it. There's nothing, there's not a lot of milks out that are going to really add nutrition to your diet. That's what I'm changing with Malibu milk. Malibu milk, when you add it to your tea in the morning or your smoothie or your oatmeal, or, you know, I bake with it all the time. I made the most unbelievable chicken meatballs the other day that called for a cup of milk and I used Malibu milk. So instead of all the sugar that milk has, I was adding fiber, omega-3s, and protein to my meatballs and they were phenomenal. They were so moist. You'd never know it. So Mm -hmm. I am hoping that I can convince the consumers who aren't really drinking a lot of milk here's an option to add to your diet because it's the first whole plant milk. It's actually good for you. And it's also good for our planet.
1: Yeah. I I think one of the things that people don't understand, particularly with almond milk, I don't know if it's true with some of the other nut milks, is that almonds take an enormous amount of water to Mm. grow and farm. And my understanding is that your milk does not.
0: Yeah. So it takes 20 gallons of water to produce one glass of almond milk. 80% 80% of the world's almonds are coming from the state of California. It's just a very real local issue for me. And, you know, California has been in a drought for as long as I can remember now. And those almonds are using 10% of California's water supply. It's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it'd be one thing, by the way, if like almond milk was really good for us and we really needed it. No, you blend almonds with water, you strain all the almonds out all of the protein, all of the nutrients that are in those beautiful almonds gets thrown away and you end up with almond flavored water. Meanwhile, flax flour only requires natural rainfall. We're using the whole seed. We grind it up. We don't strain anything out. That's why we're calling it a whole plant milk. You end up with all that fiber, all that protein and omega threes in every single glass. It's got prebiotics that are great for your gut, your gut. It's really good for the digestive tract. All of this is found in the flaxseed and that's what ends up in a glass of milk. And so you can use it. It's so versatile. That's what's amazing about the milk is the versatility.
1: Okay. So how is it in coffee? Cause that would be the only right. place that I still use. Yeah. Like I use heavy cream.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not as thick as heavy cream. So you need right. to use a little more milk or just, you know, it's going to be a little different, but it's you know, what are you getting from your heavy cream other than pure enjoyment, which I understand that's That's important too. That's it. (laughs)
1: Like the coffee a certain way.
0: So if you can make it functional and it Mm -hmm. still tastes great, maybe it doesn't taste the exact same. Maybe it's a little different, but it's actually good for you. You know, I think that's something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you have this meeting with Whole Foods and you're figuring it's going to take six months and it didn't. So you haven't really even... Like you have no experience in mass producing a product,
0: right? In like large volume, you have zero experience in producing a product period. I mean, I'm starting from scratch and it's not something like not a family business. Nobody ever did this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So after you had the celebratory moment and I presume the, oh shit moment, what were some of the next steps that you took and was fear part of your experience
0: of, oh my God, like, what have I gotten myself into? I still have fear in my experience every day. (laughs) Yes. I had to find a co-packer. I needed to find someone that could process this product. I was speaking to another founder yesterday and she said, she's like, I don't know about you, but like for me, finding a co-packer was like the hardest piece. It was really, really, really hard. I went to networking events where there were other beverage manufacturers there, founders, And I started asking around, where could I pack this product? You know, they knew because they were beverage manufacturers, they were founders of beverage products. And I got the name of a local company. And I was like, oh, you know, and and this guy was like, these people can do it for sure. They can pack your product. So I was really excited. And then they wouldn't answer the phone, could not get them to respond to me because who am I? Right. Like they don't want to talk to me. I, don't have any existing products. Like I'm, you know, Joe Schmo with no beverage experience. So I had to find someone who knew them who could make an introduction, which I did do, but like this whole process. And then they scheduled me and then they canceled on me because I was a test run and they had bigger paying clients. You know, I had to pay for the run, but it was chump change compared to some of these bigger clients. So very, very, very challenging. They finally got me in three months after that initial meeting. And I had to run at midnight in this huge <laughs> facility in the freezing cold. I made my husband come with me. And then he was like, all right, I got to go. Like, I've got to go back and go to bed and run my company tomorrow. Like, you've got to do this on your own. And I was like, no, you don't leave me here. And I I did it. And I, I got through it. And you know, it wasn't easy and there were a lot of hiccups along the way, but we did launch actually on my birthday was when the product hit the shelves in Whole Foods for the first time. It all felt very like serendipitous in a way. And it has very much been, it's not linear, you know, building a business, growing a company, the highs are wonderful. The lows are really hard and, you know, it's still like that today. So there are new challenges and, you know, it's kind of like as the company gets bigger, the challenges in a way get harder because there's more at stake. You know, right, right. At the beginning, you don't really have much to lose. So you haven't, you know, now I have customers. I have, I have, you know, customers, meaning like, you know, consumers, the end consumer. And then I have retailers that are counting on my product as well. So there's a lot at stake.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What do you feel has been the biggest challenge that you've overcome so far? I think manufacturing the product,
0: getting it from ideation to packaged, sellable product. Okay.
1: And kind of beating down that door of getting the right company to create it in volume. Yeah. And your milk is available throughout the country, just about.
0: So yes, usually it's available on our website. And I would say, just go to our website and give you a code for your listeners. And we had a manufacturing problem and- We are out of stock right now. We are completely sold out on our website. However, you can find our cold plastic bottles in most retailers around the country. So we're in Whole Foods in the Northeast. We are in Mom's Organic in like the Washington, D.C. area. We're in the Fresh Market in the South. We're in Central Market in Texas. We're in PCC in the Seattle area. We're all over the state of California and like so many stores, too many to count. And our product will be back on the website, hopefully in January. But right now we are we are out of stock. That's a good problem to have. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, we're turning down sales left and right. It's really painful. It's really painful. And we're not going to hit certain targets because of these out of stock. So it's, you know, it's rough. But I think there's this like challenge where as a founder, I think a lot of people want to sit in the driver's seat and like, oh, everything's great. No, it's perfect. Like, no, it's not. You know, it's a nightmare that we're out of stock on our shelf stable product right now. And it's, it'd be one thing if we were like getting back in stock, you know, the day later, but that's not what's happened. And the co-packer we were packing can't pack it anymore. So now it's finding a new co-packer and like, it's been very stressful. Mm We're working out, you know, there's always, you got where there's a will, there's a way. It's hard to remind yourself of that sometimes in the moment, but I, you know, I try.
1: Yeah, I find, at least in my experience, it's the magic making when it seems like there's no other options too.
0: Yes, that's true. And if you can hold that, and I really tried, like we actually have a new idea that we might be launching now in January as a result of this. And we would have never done that if this hadn't have happened. Mm -hmm. So this is your opportunity to create something new to be challenged and if you can like hold that feeling and say okay well maybe this is the path and maybe it'll ultimately be better. Yeah. Again, not easy to hold when everything's falling apart, but that's what it takes sometimes.
1: No, it's not. And I think that's okay. Like I think what you said about oh, you know, everything's all rosy and sunshine, yes, you want to be in a positive space and let's acknowledge what's real and what's happening and the feelings that go around it and then move on to fixing, changing, shifting, learning. So totally. Exactly. How long has it taken you to, to expand from being essentially just in California or just starting that one Whole Foods to where you are now?
0: A couple of years. I mean, the business is a couple of years old, so it's taken a couple of years. We're in a thousand grocery stores now and COVID slowed that growth pretty substantially, because usually grocery stores are taking what they call like reset meetings all the time. They have like a calendar. So they take their meetings for milk and say May, and then they do their reset in, you know, July, all of those were canceled for a good year and a half. No one brought anything new into the stores. It was about maintaining their supply chain, keeping their shelves stocked. And so that was really hard for us. But as soon as things started, like open back up and normalize, buyers were really excited to get our product because it is so unique, you know, and it tastes great, which is the most important thing, obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It can be super healthy for you, but if it doesn't taste good, great.
0: Right. Right.
1: But that's still pretty like rapid growth to only be a couple of years old and yeah. expand that quickly. So, I mean, especially that's with, what, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially with COVID. But that's a testament to your leadership as well.
0: Thank you. I think it's, you know, You just got to keep your head down and keep going. And I did it most of the sales myself for a long time. I have an incredible salesperson now who I love working with. You know, when the company is new and young, I think it's really great to have the founder doing most of the sales because my story is, you know, so much a part of that. And I even still like for important buyer meetings, like I'm on those phone calls, but you can't do everything. And like as a founder, you know, I have to fundraise and I have to oversee all the other elements of the business as well so it's really great to have a salesperson that I know I can trust and count on.
1: Yeah. And what has the fundraising aspect been like for you?
0: It's also been a roller coaster ride. I have self-funded in the beginning and then I was going to do a joint venture with another big beverage company and then I ended up meeting a venture capitalist like out at a dinner one night who asked me if I had ever done fundraising and I said, Oh, I'm working on this joint venture deal. And he inquired further about the terms and was like, You know, I think I could set up an angel round for you that could be really helpful and have better terms than like this joint venture deal. And I kind of blew it off. And then I ended up, you know, talking to my husband about it later. And he said, You know, you should hear this guy out. He's a pretty big deal in the venture capital world and knows what I didn't know who he was. And so I did. We set up another meeting and he offered to not only offered i mean he really pursued the business and said like i would really want to lead this angel round for you and and so it took a little bit of convincing but i ultimately went in that direction he set up the first angel round brought in all these incredible investors that was great i've raised a few small rounds since then we just did our series seed it's been stressful. You know, it can be hard to fundraise, but it's fun. You get to meet interesting people. And I was telling this founder that I spoke to yesterday, you know, sometimes you have to have a hundred conversations more to just get one. Yes. And that can be a little daunting, but sometimes you just get a yes right away. So you just got to, again, like be optimistic and keep going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think we all have those moments, and it's like so much else of being an entrepreneur, where really it's just pushing through till you get you get the success, mm-hmm. the persistence piece. How has been growing the business and being a mom been
0: for you? It's really incredible, but it's also really hard. On one hand, I'm really grateful that I have both because I don't think I would. Enjoy just doing the mom thing twenty four four seven. And don't get me wrong, I sometimes envy the moms that don't work. And I'm like, oh, like all you have to worry about is like, you know, everything for your kids, and that can definitely fill your days and then some. But I love that I get to step out of that and into the work headspace on a daily basis. That it's a healthy mind shift for me. Like I need that. I need something else. But it's a really hard balance, you know. I work from home which is usually great, but sometimes hard. My son is now two and a half. And like, there are times where I'm like, oh, I want, you know, whatever, a glass of water. And I'm like, screw the water. I'm going to stay up here because if I go downstairs and he sees me, you know, it's really hard to just then walk away. It becomes a whole thing and I get drawn in. And, but I do get to have lunch with my kids every day. And that's wonderful. You know, I sit at the table with them and, you know, we get to chat for half hour. And so most of the time, I think I have a pretty good balance but it's really really hard and you know you never really feel like you have enough time to give to either either my children or my business like mm-hmm. you know now that it's not covid anymore because my son was born during covid so for the first year there were no events or wasn't any. it was just like oh i just get to be Everybody was home, so it was really easy. Now that there's like conferences and networking events, and I have these kids, and there's bedtime, and like, it, and I'm a nursing mom as well, it's harder to juggle. And like, there was an event a couple of weeks ago that I was invited to very last minute, and I wanted to go, but I was already committed to an event the night before, an event the night after, and the timing was hard. And ultimately, I ended up like not being able to go, and I felt really bad about it because I you know, like, was there people I should have met there? And like, I couldn't do it. I needed to be home that night with the kids. And so those are the things that are like, that are really hard. And, you know, my son is now in a preschool and like, there's all these moms that are super involved and I'm a little involved, but like, I can't be that involved. I'm working full time, you know, I'm right going to be the room mom right now. Like I don't have that kind of time. And there's all these moms with their babies doing like these mommy and me classes. And like, I can't do that. I need to Really pick and choose. So that's all hard, but it's worth it for me.
1: Absolutely. What advice do you have for other women entrepreneurs who are trying to find that same fluidity that you're working with every day?
0: I have a few women that I've gotten to know who are also working moms, and it's really nice. We'll like take walks together. I took a walk yesterday with another founder, and she has a baby who's one month older than my youngest. And so that's really nice to just like walk for an hour, talk about things with the business, talk about things with, you know, juggling, being a, you know, working mom. And like, I find that really, really valuable. So I would say find another working mom friend who's, it doesn't have to be exactly on your page, right? But like who's growing a business, who's growing a family, who understands. It's really nice to just be able to, Po is right, you know, and share freely and have them get it. And you know for me, like a lot of nights, it's after the kids go to bed at seven thirty, I'm back online. and I have, you know, another hour or so of work to do, clear space so that I can really dive in. There's not as much social time. I think that's one of the things it really gives is time for your friendships. And like I said, I now really do value these friendships with these women who are also working because they get it, but we have less time. So there's not as much time to hang out with one another. But yeah, my advice would be to do something for yourself every day. For me, that's a walk. Every day I try to get, I was trying to get 10,000 steps. I don't have time for 10,000, but even if I get like at least 6,000 to 8,000, I'm pretty happy. And then find other mom friends that you can connect with. I think that that's really, really valuable.
1: Yeah, i found over the years, like all of my networking friends have turned into really close friends and having that support and the collaboration when things on both ends, right? Where when things you know aren't going well and to celebrate the successes is so valuable because a lot yeah. of times, and I see this with my clients as well, even though they have teams, they have support, you still feel like you're working in a vacuum. Yeah. So I wholeheartedly agree just to kind of change subjects a little bit. How do you see sustainable products growing in the next couple of years or not? Huge!
0: It's going to be huge. The younger generation really cares about sustainability, like from a place of, you know, this newer generation is recognizing that like this planet is, you know, tapped out and it's up to them and us. Mm-hmm to make smarter decisions, smarter purchasing decisions, smarter, you know, I mean, for them, that's ultimately what it comes down to. If they're making the purchasing decision, if they're making these demands, the companies that are producing the products are going to have to make products that these people want to purchase. So I think we're just at the beginning which is so exciting. I had a call with Google a couple of weeks ago, and they want to know, can I produce a milk for them that has no plastic? They want zero plastic. And this woman that I spoke to, it's her job to get rid of all plastics for the Google micro kitchens in the next couple of years. And I said to her at first, I was like, I don't think we can do that, but I actually think we've come up with a way that we can. And it's really exciting. And the impact that that would have just from Google employees alone. They're saying, oh my God, like yeah. 300,000 meals a day or something insane like that. So I think it's really exciting. And I think that we're at the tip of the iceberg.
1: What can people who are listening look for if they're trying to make choices in what they're eating or what they're buying from a sustainability perspective?
0: I think if you just start thinking about, well, how much plastic am I using? How much yeah. of these single use plastics am I using? It's astonishing. A really simple example that would never occur to, I think, the average person. Think about a packet of sugar at a restaurant or a Splenda or or Sweet and Low. Paper, right? Recyclable paper. No, those are lined with plastic. That's how they stay fresh. Those cannot be recycled, and they are a single-use plastic. They can be made from recycled material, but they cannot technically be recycled. And when you see these recycled bins and you see, oh, paper, plastic. I bet you 90% of people throw those little things in the recycle bin, but they cannot be recycled because they have plastic in the liner. So when you think about the things that you're buying, toothpaste tubes, anything in your kitchen at all, makeup, hair, all of it. So try to, when you can, mm-hmm. choose a material that's not plastic.
1: Yeah, I love that. I stopped buying liquid soap and I buy only bar soap now. That's to- a great <laughs> example. Yeah. To reduce plastic, and I'm slowly like,
0: of- as is better for your body, usually. So, yeah, bar soap is usually a cleaner choice than a liquid soap. I love that. And at Whole Foods, they even have ones that don't have any packaging, you know, you just pick it up and take it. All right, that's right. Love- <laughs> <laughs> take your own grocery bags to the grocery store. I'm not always good about that. I forget, you know, I'm out and running around and I don't have my bags, keep the bags in the car.
1: Yeah, I have them in my car. I have them in my apartment. I walk a lot of times. And I think people don't realize that how all of these little choices can add up if more and more people start doing them.
0: Yeah. When I
1: was really focused on healthy eating, one of the things that we did, and this was 20 years ago, but I used to drink Coke before I had my kids. And I stopped because I didn't want to put that type of sugar in my body while I was pregnant. So I started Mm -hmm. drinking seltzer because I really like and sparkling water because I really like the bubbles. Mm -hmm. And when we moved from Massachusetts to Pennsylvania, we started doing the same thing or continued doing the same thing. And slowly all my neighbors stopped drinking soda and started drinking, yeah, sparkling water or seltzer or whatever it was that they were choosing. And they were like, Oh my God, we don't even miss it. And now we feel better because we're not drinking three days worth of sugar and so totally. like, I think there's a lot of power in these little small decisions. That, there is. Yeah. So I love that you're you're leading the way. What's new for you or what are you thinking you might expand into, take on, etc. for 2023 and beyond?
0: A concept that we're working on right now is a powdered form of the milk. So it would eliminate shipping these heavy plastic bottles. You would get a little packet that kind of looks like an oatmeal packet with the powdered water, powdered water, powdered milk. You would add it to your blender. You would add eight ounces of water. You would blend it. You would have your milk. You can also use these powders without water and add them to a marinara sauce, a macaroni and cheese. Get that fiber, those omega-3s in a dish that wouldn't necessarily usually have a ton of those nutrients. So that's what we're working on that we're really excited about.
1: That is so cool. Thank you. And I would presume you could have like smaller packaging, more sustainable packaging. Totally. All that good stuff. That's amazing. And if I remember correctly on the website, your milk comes in different flavors too, right? You have chocolate.
0: We don't have chocolate. We have unsweetened vanilla, normal unsweetened. We have a flax oat and we have slightly sweetened and we're only using organic dates as our sweetener.
1: (gasps) That's amazing.
0: It's the best one. The Slightly Sweetened so good.
1: Oh my God, that's amazing. So what, like, where did that idea come from? Because that's very unusual.
0: You know, as a young mom, I'm really cautious about the refined sugar and I don't want my kids having refined sugar if I can avoid it. And so at the time we were making our milk with organic sugar and I was like, no, I don't want to drink this because of that. Now I drink the Slightly Sweetened one all the time because it's sweetened with a little bit of dates and there's only four grams of sugar per serving, which is nothing. And it's so good. It's the fan favorite for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. Because there's dates have a lot of nutrients too, right? Totally. Because I've used some to do some raw, like raw desserts.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh,
1: Yeah. Carrot cake. That's like, oh my God.
0: Oh, I bet. Yeah.
1: So Brittany, this has been so much fun. And I feel like I've learned so much too. Share with everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find Malibu Milk.
0: So check out our website, malibumilk.com. Milk is spelled with a Y, so Malibu, M-Y-L-K. I'm Brittany at malibumilk.com. You can find us on Instagram, Malibu Milk. And we should be back up on our website, like I said, in January. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but check us out.
1: Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's my hope that you find at least one nugget of value in each episode of Women Who Build Empires. And if that's true, please follow and share Women Who Build Empires with your friends and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Your support is what will help this podcast be found by more women just like
0: you.